Section six of Utopia by Sir Thomas More, translated by Rafe Robinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The second book of the communication of Raphael Hithloday concerning the best state of a commonwealth, containing the description of Utopia with a large declaration of the politic government and of all the good laws and orders of the same island the island of utopia containeth in breadth in the middle part of it for there it is broadest two hundred miles which breadth continueth through the most part of the land saving that by little and little it cometh in and waxeth narrower towards both the ends which fetching about a circuit or compass of five hundred miles do fashion the whole island like to the new moon between these two corners the sea runneth in dividing them asunder by the distance of eleven miles or thereabouts and there surmounteth into a large and wide sea which by reason that the land on every side compasseth it about and sheltereth it from the winds is not rough nor mounteth not with great waves but almost floweth quietly not much unlike a great standing pool and maketh well nigh all the space within the belly of the land in manner of a haven and to the great commodity of the inhabitants receiveth in ships towards every part of the land the forefronts or frontiers of the two corners what with fords and shelves and what with rocks be very jeopardous and dangerous in the middle distance between them both standeth up above the water a great rock which therefore is nothing perilous because it is in sight upon the top of this rock is a fair and a strong tower builded which they hold with a garrison of men other rocks there be lying hid under the water which therefore be dangerous the channels be known only to themselves and therefore it seldom chanceth that any stranger unless he be guided by an utopian can come into this haven insomuch as that they themselves could scarcely enter without jeopardy but that their way is directed and ruled by certain landmarks standing on the shore but turning translating and removing these marks into other places they may destroy their enemies navies be they never so many the outside or utter circuit of the land is also full of havens but the landing is so surely fenced what by nature and what by workmanship of man's hand that a few defenders may drive back many armies howbeit as they say and as the fashion of the place itself doth partly show it was not ever compassed about with the sea but king utopus whose name as conqueror the island beareth for before his time it was called abraxa which also brought the rude and wild people to that excellent perfection in all good fashions humanity and civil gentleness wherein they now go beyond all the people of the world even at his first arriving and entering upon the land forthwith obtaining the victory caused fifteen miles space of uplandish ground where the sea had no passage to be cut and digged up and so brought the sea round about the land he set to this work not only the inhabitants of the island because they should not think it done in contumely and despite but also his own soldiers 
thus the work being divided into so great a number of workmen was with exceeding marvellous speed dispatched insomuch that the borderers which at the first began to mock and to jest at this vain enterprise then turned their derision to marvel at the success and to fear there be in the island fifty-four large and fair cities or shire-towns agreeing altogether in one tongue in like manners institutions and laws they be all set and situate alike and in all points fashioned alike as far forth as the place or plot suffereth of these cities they that be nighest together be twenty-four miles asunder again there is none of them distant from the next above one day's journey afoot there come yearly to a morote out of every city three old men wise and well experienced there to entreat and debate of the common matters of the land for this city because it standeth just in the midst of the island and is therefore most meet for the ambassadors of all parts of the realm is taken for the chief and head city the precincts and bounds of the shires be so commodiously appointed out and set forth for the cities that none of them all hath any side less than twenty miles of ground and of some side also much more as of that part where the cities be of farther distance asunder none of the cities desire to enlarge the bounds and limits of their shires for they count themselves rather the good husbands than the owners of their lands they have in the country in all parts of the shire houses or farms builded well appointed and furnished with all sorts of instruments and tools belonging to husbandry these houses be inhabited of the citizens which come thither to dwell by course no household or farm in the country hath fewer than forty persons men and women besides two bondmen which be all under the rule and order of the good man and the good wife of the house being both very sage discreet and ancient persons and every thirty farms or families have one head ruler which is called a phylarch being as it were a head bailiff out of every one of these families or farms cometh every year into the city twenty persons which have continued two years before in the country in their place so many fresh be sent thither out of the city who of them that have been there a year already and be therefore expert and cunning in husbandry shall be instructed and taught and they the next year shall teach other this order is used for fear that either scarceness of victuals or some other like incommodity should chance through lack of knowledge if they should be altogether new and fresh and unexpert in husbandry this manner and fashion of yearly changing and renewing the occupiers of husbandry though it be solemn and customably used to the intent that no man shall be constrained against his will to continue long in that hard and sharp kind of life yet many of them have such a pleasure and delight in husbandry that they obtain a longer space of years these husbandmen plough and till the ground and breed up cattle and provide and make ready wood which they carry to the city either by land or by water as they may most conveniently 
they bring up a great multitude of pullen and that by a marvellous policy for the hens do not sit upon the eggs but by keeping them in a certain equal heat they bring life into them and hatch them the chickens as soon as they come out of the shell follow men and women instead of the hens they bring up very few horses nor none but very fierce ones and that for none other use or purpose but only to exercise their youth in riding and feats of arms for oxen be put to all the labour of ploughing and drawing which they grant to be not so good as horses at a sudden brunt and as we say at a dead lift but yet they hold opinion that oxen will abide and suffer much more labour pain and hardness than horses will and they think that oxen be not in danger and subject under so many diseases and that they be kept and maintained with much less cost and charge and finally that they be good for meat when they be past labour they sow corn only for bread for their drink is either wine made of grapes or else of apples or pears or else it is clear water and many times mead made of honey or licorice sod in water for thereof they have great store and though they know certainly for they know it perfectly indeed how much victuals the city with the whole country or shire round about it doth spend yet they sow much more corn and breed up much more cattle than serveth for their own use parting the overplus among their borderers whatsoever necessary things be lacking in the country all such stuff they fetch out of the city where without any exchange they easily obtain it of the magistrates of the city for every month many of them go into the city on the holy day when their harvest day draweth near and is at hand then the phylarchs which be the head officers and bailiffs of husbandry send word to the magistrates of the city what number of harvestmen is needful to be sent to them out of the city the which company of harvestmen being ready at the day appointed almost in one fair day dispatcheth all the harvest work of the cities and namely of amorot as for their cities whoso knoweth one of them knoweth them all they be also like one to another as far forth as the nature of the place permitteth i will describe therefore to you one or other of them for it skilleth not greatly which but which rather than a morot of them all this is the worthiest and of most dignity for the residue knowledge it for the head city because there is the council house nor to me any of them all is better beloved as wherein i lived five whole years together the city of amorot standeth upon the side of a low hill in fashion almost four square for the breadth of it beginneth a little beneath the top of the hill and still continueth by the space of two miles until it come to the river of anida the length of it which lieth by the river's side is somewhat more the river of anida riseth four-and-twenty miles above amorot out of a little spring but being increased by other small rivers and brooks that run into it and among other two somewhat big ones before the city it is half a mile broad and farther broader 
and forty miles beyond the city it falleth into the ocean sea by all that space that lieth between the sea and the city and certain miles also above the city the water ebbeth and floweth six hours together with a swift tide when the sea floweth in for the length of thirty miles it filleth all the anoda with salt water and driveth back the fresh water of the river and somewhat further it changeth the sweetness of the fresh water with saltness but a little beyond that the river waxeth sweet and runneth for by the city fresh and pleasant and when the sea ebbeth and goeth back again the fresh water followeth it almost even to the very fall into the sea there goeth a bridge over the river made not of piles or of timber but of stonework with gorgeous and substantial arches at that part of the city that is farthest from the sea to the intent that ships may pass along forby all the side of the city without let they have also another river which indeed is not very great but it runneth gently and pleasantly for it riseth even out of the same hill that the city standeth upon and runneth down a slope through the midst of the city into anida and because it riseth a little without the city the amorotians have enclosed the head spring of it with strong fences and bulwarks and so have joined it to the city this is done to the intent that the water should not be stopped nor turned away or poisoned if their enemies should chance to come upon them from thence the water is derived and conveyed down in canals of brick divers ways into the lower parts of the city where that cannot be done by reason that the place will not suffer it there they gather the rain-water in great cisterns which doeth them as good service the city is compassed about with a high and thick stone wall full of turrets and bulwarks a dry ditch but deep and broad and overgrown with bushes briars and thorns goeth about three sides or quarters of the city to the fourth side the river itself serveth for a ditch the streets be appointed and set forth very commodious and handsome both for carriage and also against the winds the houses be of fair and gorgeous building and on the street side they stand joined together in a long row through the whole street without any partition or separation the streets be twenty foot broad on the back side of the houses through the whole length of the street lie large gardens enclosed round about with the back part of the streets every house hath two doors one into the street and a postern door on the back side into the garden these doors be made with two leaves never locked nor bolted so easy to be opened that they will follow the least drawing of a finger and shut again alone whoso will may go in for there is nothing within the houses that is private or any man's own and every tenth year they change their houses by lot they set great store by their gardens in them they have vineyards all manner of fruit herbs and flowers so pleasant so well furnished and so finely kept that i never saw thing more fruitful nor better trimmed in any place 
their study and diligence herein cometh not only of pleasure but also of a certain strife and contention that is between street and street concerning the trimming husbanding and furnishing of their gardens every man for his own part and verily you shall not lightly find in all the city anything that is more commodious either for the profit of the citizens or for pleasure and therefore it may seem that the first founder of the city minded nothing so much as these gardens for they say that king utopus himself even at the first beginning appointed and drew forth the platform of the city into this fashion and figure that it hath now but the gallant garnishing and the beautiful setting forth of it whereunto he saw that one man's age would not suffice that he left to his posterity for their chronicles which they keep written with all diligent circumspection containing the history of seventeen hundred and sixty years even from the first conquest of the island record and witness that the houses in the beginning were very low and like homely cottages or poor shepherd-houses made at all adventures of every rude piece of timber that came first to hand with mud walls and ridged roofs thatched over with straw but now the houses be curiously builded after a gorgeous and gallant sort with three stories one over another the outsides of the walls be made either of hard flint or of plaster or else of brick and the inner sides be well strengthened with timber-work the roofs be plain and flat covered with a certain kind of plaster that is of no cost and yet so tempered that no fire can hurt or perish it and withstandeth the violence of the weather better than any lead they keep the wind out of their windows with glass for it is there much used and somewhere also with fine linen cloth dipped in oil or amber and that for two commodities for by this means more light cometh in and the wind is better kept out end of section six